enjoying just to spend time in the presence of God. Even my prayer way of praying has changed completely. I spend, I always long to spend time with the Lord. If you can find what the presence of God means, you are not going to settle for anything less than that. Okay, let me just first clarify one thing. We always know that God is everywhere, isn't it? God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Okay? And we also know that God dwells in a Christian's heart through the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? But what I'm talking about is beyond that. I'm not talking about the omnipresence of God. I'm talking about the manifested presence of God. I'm talking about the glory of the Lord in a particular place. You remember when the children of Israel were defeated by the Philistines? You know the, the children of Israel always liked the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of the Lord. You remember that story? So one time when uh, Eli and... His children, his children were disobedient to God. And then God gave them off to the Philistines. The Philistines defeated them. And they took away the ark. You remember even when the wife of Phineas was giving birth, there was a child who was called Ichabod, which means the glory has departed from Israel. Okay? The presence has departed. Okay? It's very serious, the issue of the presence of the Lord. So when that had happened, then they took the ark. The Philistines took it and then they took it. They were celebrating they took it before their god, Dagon. What happened to Dagon? Dagon fell. And then when they woke up in the morning, they found that Dagon was flat on his face. Because Dagon cannot be compared with God. Then they took Dagon up again. The next day what happened? Dagon fell and crashed and was broken to pieces. Which means, in the presence of the Lord, no Dagon can stand. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, in the presence of the Lord, no enemy can stand. No Dagon can stand before God. We'll actually just give you that scripture in uh, Psalms 97 verse 5 in the New King James Version. So that you understand that in the presence of the Lord, mountains melt. Which means whatever thing that you are facing, in the presence of the Lord, it will melt. So I would rather have that. I would rather have the presence of God more than anything else. That's why when the Lord laid this in my heart, about these times of refreshing in his presence, I'm just enjoying to spend time in his presence. Because instead of focusing on things, we've got to focus on him. You know why the church has lost the glory in the days we're living in? It's because we are focusing so much on things, more than on God himself. We're focusing on the things, more than on God himself. Okay? That's why if you look at the present church, you will hear a lot of things happening in churches. Because people are focused on things more than on God. 
Now, if we just focus on God and we yield ourselves to him, his manifestation will yield things. Amen. So, just read that uh, Psalms 97 verse 5, New King James Version. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. What do mountains do in the presence of the Lord? Tell your neighbor your, pre- your, your problem will melt in the presence of the Lord. Because mountains melt in the presence of the Lord. So if he says mountains melt in the presence of the Lord, anything will melt. Imagine a mountain melting. Then anything will melt. If mountain can melt, anything can melt in the presence of the Lord. So that's why now our desire should always be to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. That passion, that hunger for God. And when you are in that place, nothing else matters. You will be like Peter when the manifested presence of the Lord came there when they were with Jesus. We'll also touch on that as we go. He said, it is good to be here. Let us make three tabernacles. So he wanted now to stay there because sometimes you experience the presence of God so much that you don't want to go away. You don't want to go back to your routine anymore. You have tasted something. Let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 42, from verse 1 to verse 11. We'll do it in the NIV. Because in the presence of the Lord, anything melts. You remember the walls of Jericho coming down. So anything, whether it's your walls that are in your life, things that look insurmountable, in the presence of the Lord, they will melt. Actually, when we were singing here, and this thing about the presence of the Lord was getting even stronger in my heart, I realized even sickness melts in the presence of God. So if any of you came here sick, may the presence of the Lord deliver you. Amen. Amen. If any of you came here in pain, may that pain melt in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Now, that's why if you ever experience the presence of the Lord, you are going to always be hungry for more. Okay? The reason why sometimes you find that people come to churches and they play church and they are not serious about church, they haven't had an encounter with God himself. If you come to church and you have an encounter with people and the programs that we have in church, then you will play church. But if you've ever had an encounter with the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and you experience his presence, you will never settle for anything less than that. Psalms 42, 1 to 11, NIV. As the deer pants for so my soul pants for you, my okay. God. He says, as the deer pants for the streams of, as the deer longs for the streets of, the streams of water, my soul longs after you. So he is longing for the presence of God. Okay, let me just give you this. Sometimes in your Christian walk, there would be times sometimes you just feel like you are dry. And you can't see meaning in your Christianity. You need to spend time in the presence of God. Because when you are now in his presence, you will be refreshed. You will be refilled. 
you will start having that expectation of more of God again. Because sometimes it comes a point where you just go to church as a routine. You pray as a ritual. Just because it's Sunday, I've got to go to church. That's why you don't even mind if you come to church late. Because it's not serious about it. You know that when you go to work, you don't get late. Hmm? That's why I'm very serious about time for myself. Especially for things of God. Because I'm serious about that. Amen? Yes. So look at this. The psalmist says, continue. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants or longs after you. My soul is hungry for you. Mm -hmm. My soul thirsts for God. Okay. Can we also do it with the psalmist? May we say our souls thirst for God. My soul thirsts for God. My soul thirsts for God. Okay. For God, for mm. the living God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Let's say it. With God. Okay. He says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? So he is looking for opportunity to meet with God. He says, I'm so much hungry. I'm longing for God. I told you. There is what we call the omnipresence of God, God being everywhere. And there is what we call the presence of God in your life as a Christian through the Holy Ghost. But I'm talking more than that. I'm talking about the glory of God, the manifested presence of God. So when he says, my soul longs after you, that's a different presence. You know, that's why even the scripture says, where two or three gather in the name of Jesus, I will be there among them. But we know God is always everywhere, isn't it? But why does it say, when two or three gather in my name, I will be there among them. He is saying, I will manifest my presence among you. Amen. So continue. When can I go and meet with God? I really want to meet with God. Mm. Mm-hmm. My tears have been my food day and night. Mm. While people sleep all day long, where is your God? Okay. Did you realize that sometimes people mock at us and they ask you, where is your God? Sometimes even your challenges tell you that. You face something and you start doubting, is there a God? I've been praying, but I just don't see anything. Where is God? So it will either be people telling you, mocking you, where is your God? Or your situations mocking you, where is your God? You say you are a Christian, now look at this. What is the solution? Just spend time in the presence. As you long for God, as you long for God, your perspective will start changing. Those that mock at you, those situations that mock at you, they will melt like wax before God. I remember as I pour out my soul, how I go to the house of God, under the protection of the mighty one. Okay, he says, I remember how I used to go to the house of God. Mm, You need to remember these moments. With Joy and praise. It seems your mic is struggling a bit. Can you get one that may be the handheld one? I want you to understand this because as for me, the hunger for God is even more intense. Amen. Amen. I just want 
to be in his presence. He says, when can I go and meet with God? Okay. Mm-hmm. So they say, where is your God? Your situation say, where is your God? People around you say, where is your God? Look now. You need the presence of God. And when you have his presence, all these things will not matter anymore. Because if it's mountains, they will melt before God. If it's dagons, they will fall and crumble before God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so listen to this. He's asking his soul, why am I feeling down? Do you sometimes feel that? There are times sometimes when you feel down, isn't it? And you feel, why am I just feeling down? He says, my soul, why are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? There are times sometimes when you just feel your heart is troubled, isn't it? So he says, my soul, Why are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? So when your soul is disturbed like that, what do you do? What must you do? Put your hope in God. Amen. For I will yet praise him. Amen. My savior and my God. So when I feel downcast, when my soul feels disturbed within me, that's the time to spend time in the presence of God. So that I will be revived and refreshed again. Continue. So he's saying by day he direct, his love directs me. At night, his song is with me. I always want to be in his presence. A prayer to God of my life. Mm-hmm. I say to God, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? You see, the enemy likes that. Where is your God? Where is your God? Whether it's your situation asking you, where is your God? Or people mocking you, where is your God? It's time to spend time in the presence of God. And when you spend time in the presence of God, they won't even have to ask where is your God because they will melt before the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So he says, my soul, why are you downcast? Why do you feel down within me? Why are you disturbed? And he says, put your hope in God. So as we are going to expound more on times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord, then you will realize there are times sometimes when you may feel a bit down. But that's not time to be down. That's time to spend time in the presence of the Lord and be refreshed. That's the time when you feel that, my soul, why are you disturbed within me? Why is my heart troubled? That's the time to sing songs of praise. And you exchange garments, the spirit of heaviness with the garment of praise. Amen. When you feel heavy, 
That's not time to bow down. That's time to step up and give praise to God. So that the presence of God will sort it out. So that then you can say mountain melts at the presence of God. Let's go to our text scripture, Acts chapter 3. Verse 19 to 21, we do it in the Amplified Version. Acts chapter 3, 19 to 21. I want you to understand this because what I'm going to share with you, which the Lord has shared with me, it will first impact your own life. Okay? When you have that thirst and that hunger for God. And then, with that revival that starts within you, God will use those of us who are hungry for more of him. And he will even revive his church. I don't believe the church is where it should be as we speak. Because you look at the church in the book of Acts and you think that church was better than the church now, isn't it? But it shouldn't be. I believe God ends best than he starts. Amen. The end will always be greater than the beginning. Amen. So it means he needs to restore and revive his church to that glory that he has intended, to that glory that the prophets of old have told us about. Now read it in the Amplified in Acts 3, 19 to 21. So, so repent, change your mind and purpose. So it means there is a lot of reflection that we've got to do. Huh? Because if every time you come to the presence of God, you think everything is well, you will not have that hunger for God. You need to be saying, I need more of you, O Lord. And somewhere maybe where things haven't been going the way they should go, we said now when you begin the year, start in a good note. Say, has my Christianity, am I proud about how my relationship with God is like? Mm -hmm. Turn around and return to God. That your, your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing, of recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord. Where do times of refreshing come from? The presence of God. That's why I would rather lose anything else beside his presence. Continue. And that he may send to you the Christ the Messiah, who before you was designated and appointed for you, even Jesus, whom heaven must receive and retain until the time for the complete restoration of all that God spoke by the mouth of, he, of all his holy prophets for ages past from the most ancient time in the memory of man. Okay, I want to explain to you why that verse in my spirit is strong revival that's coming. Okay? He says, at the presence of God, times of refreshing will come from the presence of God. Okay? So that we may be refreshed and revived. But verse 21 says, Christ is supposed to be manifested, but heaven must retain him until the things have been restored according to how things were prophesied. I want you to get verse 21. He says, Christ is supposed to come and be manifested. But then heaven has to retain him until repeat that, that verse 21. Whom heaven must whom receive heaven, and retain 
until the time for the complete restoration of all that God spoke by the mouth of all his holy prophets. Amen. 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 I believe Jesus must be retained until the things are restored, until the church is restored to its glory, until the church of the living God is a place of hope. So that's why he needs to revive us and revive the church. I sense the spirit of revival coming. I sense the mighty move of God coming among us. That's why when we have hunger for more of him, more than the hunger for things, he will manifest his presence. And in his presence there is fullness of joy. In his, pre- full, in his presence there is deliverance. There is everything you can think of. So heaven must retain him until all things are restored according to prophecies. So I'm saying to you, when you look at the church in the present time and compare it with the church in the book of Acts, my sense is the church in the book of Acts is doing better than we do it. Now, if we are at the end, then things cannot end like this. Are you getting me? Things cannot end like this. We've got the church of God has to end in glory. Because Jesus is coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a victorious church. He's not coming for a limping, defeated church. Amen. And he needs to revive us. And revival starts with each one of us. When the Lord puts this hunger in my heart, and some of you get the same hunger, and we spend time in the presence of the Lord, everything will be restored. And the church of God will be restored to its glory. And the end will always be better than the beginning. Go to the book of Haggai. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. And we'll read it with Ephesians 6 27. So Haggai do it in Amplified. Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. I want to show you that God. The, 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 the latter glory always supersedes the former glory. That's how God works. Amen. Where God started with you, you are going to end off in a better note than where he started with you. Amen. Amen. It can't be that God starts with you and you are somewhere and then when you end, you end down. That's not how God works. Amen. Amen. Because as you humble yourself before God, he will exalt you. And then some of you, he found you in a deep mighty clay. And you can sing and say, he lifted me up from the deep mighty clay and he planted my feet on the king's highway. That is the reason I sing and I shout. For Jesus came down. So he always lifts us up. So even the church of God will end in better glory. Read Haggai. When they were rebuilding the temple. The latter glory of this house. Okay. The latter glory of this house. Uh With its successor to which Jesus came, Mm -hmm. shall be greater than the former. Amen. Says the Lord of hosts, Mm. and in this place will I give peace and prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. That's how God works. The latter glory always supersedes the former. Amen. Even in your own life, where you are today, tell your neighbor, where I am today, that's not where I'm going to end up. I'm going up. up. Amen. Amen. Things are getting better. 
Tell your neighbor things are getting better. Better and better. Amen. We're not going down with the Lord. We're going up. Amen. 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 And the glory of the latter house will supersede the glory of the former. But now, if you just look the kind of church that Jesus is coming to, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 to 27, Good News Translation. Ephesians chapter 5, 26 and 27, Good News Translation. I want you to look at the kind of church that Jesus is looking for. And that's the church, you and me, and the rest of every believer in the world. We need to be this church that is more focused on him. We need to be this church that when people come to our churches, may they experience God more than they experience people. These days you will hear a lot of people talking about people in churches. I'm going to so and so. You're going to a person and you're not going to God because the glory has departed. Okay? And things should be restored. Let people start experiencing God. Let them say, I have had an encounter. I'm going to the house of the Lord to meet with my God. Amen. Ephesians 5, 26 and 27, Good News Translation. He did this to dedicate the church to God by his word. After making it clean by washing it in water. Okay, so Jesus wants to dedicate the church to God by his word. We are the bride of Jesus. So when Jesus comes to marry us, he wants to present a clean church to his father. Continue. In order to present the church to himself. Okay. In order to present the church to himself. Uh Mm. In all its beauty. In all its beauty. Other translation says in glory. Mm. Mm -hmm. Pure (coughs) and faultless. Mm. Without spot or wrinkle Mm. or any other imperfection. That's the kind of church that Jesus is coming for. Did you see that? The church he wants to present is the church that's full of his beauty. The church that is full of his glory. The church that is pure and faultless without spot or wrinkle. Now, the book of Acts showed us how the disciples of the early church started. They started moving to that. That's why we need that restoration and even go beyond that. We should so much experience God that people who come into contact with us may also Feel that presence. Amen. In other words, you spend time in the presence of God that the presence of God rubs off on you. The other time I gave you an example of Magnus. Some of you, yeah, I think blessing you like playing with things and invention and all that. So we used to have this thing when we grew up. I think it still works like that, Magnus. You would get maybe the middle of a speaker, it's it's magnetic, isn't it? You break that, and then you rub it on a piece of iron. What comes of that piece of iron? It becomes magnetic. So now that thing, when you take that and go and you can now pick things. You remember that? Yeah, so the magnet is here. You take a piece of iron, you rub it on the magnet. Now, you leave the magnet here, this piece 
will now start being like a magnet. That's you and God. Amen. So when you spend that time in his presence, when his glory is manifested through you, now you become, let's use the term magnetic in this sense. Okay? So you were in contact with this God. So let the magnet of God be transferred in you. That now wherever you go, may that presence, may that glory start being manifested through you. Now, if this piece of iron was never rubbed against the magnet, and now it wants to be magnetic, it's going to fake things. That's why there's a lot of fake things in the days we're living in now. Because people are trying to fake the manifestation. Because you never had an encounter with the Lord himself. Okay? But if you make an encounter with the Lord, it's not a struggle for that piece of iron to pick things, isn't it? It's not, it's automatic. So, look at this. Go to the book of Acts chapter 5. Verse 12 to 16, we'll read in the NIV. I want to show you that indeed when we spend time in the presence of the Lord, his glory will be manifested, the church will be restored to his glory, and the latter glory will even be better than the former. And what God did during the time of the apostles, he will do even greater than that. Jesus actually said, those who believe in me, the works that I do, they will do even greater works. Because I go to my father. Amen. NIV X 5, 12 to 16. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. Hmm. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colony. So believers, we need to keep on meeting, guys. Amen. Yeah, when there is a meeting for believers, in this year where we want to spend time in the presence of God, like we said tomorrow, we're starting with the week of prayer, the whole week. Now, some of you think you are exempted from prayer. No. Let's keep on saying, when can I get time to go and meet with you, O God? So when there is this opportunity, it's week of prayer, I'm there. Amen. Amen. Believers used to meet in Solomon's colonnade. Uh No one else dared join them, Mm. even though they were highly regarded by the people. So people were afraid of them. They were like a separate group, the people who have experienced God. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. You see how people get added just when we spend time with God. When we reflect the glory of God. There is this song that we sing, when the praises go up, his glory comes down. And Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. Continue. As a result, People brought the sick into the streets Mm. and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow may fall on some of them as he passed by. Look at that. Did you hear that? Instead of Peter just laying hands on them, the glory of the Lord was so much manifested that it says some of them were just lined in the street that as Peter was walking, his shadow at least would touch them. Look at that kind of glory. Amen. And the church of the latter days will exceed that. Did you get that? You didn't get it, you would have clapped the hands. I said, look at this. Sick people are lined up so that the shadow 
could at least touch them. And I said, look at that kind of glory. The church of the latter days, the days that we are living in now, should exceed in glory more than that. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord himself will show himself strong on our behalf. So as we spend time in his presence, as we rub off on him, his glory will be manifested through us. So at least the shadow could pass by and then touch them, then they would be fine. Uh Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, Mm. bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. Mm. And all of them were healed. I want this. I want the church of the Lord to be a place of hope for the world. To an extent that Inyangas will be out of business. Amen. Amen. That's the glory I'm looking for. So that when people think of a solution, when they are sick or they have a problem, let them think of the church first. Amen. With that kind of glory. But we're not going to fake anything. We are going to spend time in his presence. We are going to rub off on him and his glory will be manifested through us. Look at this. Go to chapter 19 verse 11 to 12 in the NIV. Because it happened also with Paul. And these guys, they lived the church in the early church. Now, we are at the end part of that early church. So the glory of the latter house must exceed that of the former house. But look at what happened in that former house. Acts 19, 11-12. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illness were cured and the evil spirits left them. Did you see that? That's powerful. But can I tell you the church of the last days, the glory of the latter house will exceed that. Amen. Amen. The glory of the latter house will exceed that. So it says, Paul Now, I told you about the the glory of the Lord, the manifested presence. If you rub off, then you become magnetic. So, rub off the presence of God. Now is Paul. Now, the things, the aprons and the handkerchiefs that touched Paul's body. Now, Paul got this and now it's in him. And now the things that touch him, they also become magnetic. That they could take that, put it on the sick people and they got healed. Can you see that? So I believe that this is what God wants to revive his church to. Where his glory will be the only thing that excites us. Because when we spend time in his presence, when we seek him, we will find him. So, go to Psalms 27 verse 8 in the Amplified. I just want to say to you, the Lord wants us to seek him. But he wants us to seek his face more than his hand. I told some of you last week, the difference between the children of Israel and Moses. The book actually is there, is there in, the, in, in, in the book of uh, Psalms. He talks about the children of Israel. Psalms 103 verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. So to the children of Israel, he made known his acts. But to Moses, he made known his ways. 
And I told you that there is a difference between seeking the face of God or seeking God and seeking the hand of God. Okay? Because if you seek the hand of God, you want just to see what God, you want to get what God gives. You are not really interested in God himself. Okay? That's the lower form. The best form is to seek his face, to seek him. Because if you seek him, all these other things will flow from his presence. So just read that. Psalm, Psalms 27, 8 amplified. Uh-huh. Okay. Lord, you have said, seek my face. So can we all say the same thing as the psalmist? You have said, seek my face. Inquire for and require my presence as your vital need. Now my heart says to you, your face, your presence, O Lord, will I seek. I will inquire and require of necessity and the authority of your way. Amen. So, Father, you said I must seek you. You said we must seek your face. You said we must seek your presence. Yes, my heart says, I'll seek for you. That's why you've got to make some hard decisions, how you spend your time. Amen. For me, I'm enjoying, I'm having a good time since the year began. I think I spend more time in the presence. And I'm glad that woman understands. Amen. So there are times when we say it's time for the presence. Hmm. You see, when you taste that, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste that, even when you were supposed to have some problems, you find that now problems, they are like minor things, man. You've got bigger things to deal with. Amen. You've got the Lord's presence that you are enjoying in the presence of God. Because sometimes the devil will make you focus on small things. He keeps you busy. Because you are not spending time with the master himself. Because if you spend more time with God, God will appear greater than your issues. But if you spend more time with your issues, then your issues will appear greater than God. But when we seek God, we must seek him with all our hearts. That's why Hebrews 11.6 says he is a rewarder of those who diligently and earnestly seek him. So seek him with all your heart. Desire him more than anything else. And Jeremiah 29.13 says then you will seek me, inquire for and require of me and find me when you search me with all your heart. This is not going to be a half-hearted devotion issue. I told you, sometimes I drive, I pray when I'm driving. Sometimes some of you pray even when you are washing dishes. That's fine. But that's not diligently seeking God. Because your attention is divided, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you are washing dishes and you are praying and now the glass falls and breaks, now you will realize indeed your heart was not fully where you were supposed to be. But I'm not saying we mustn't do that. We must do that as extras. But you need time. Where you say, I just want to spend time in the presence of God. 
secluded from any other thing. I just want to be in his presence. Go to the book of Exodus 33. We did this one last week. Because I want you to understand the tent of meetings. Amen. The tent of meetings. And some of you, you've got enough space in your houses that you can designate some of the place as the, the, the place of meeting. When I want to meet with the Lord, let me go there so that I'm a bit away from the rest of activities. Okay? And actually in the Bible and in most of the Bible, I will show you some scriptures. During the time of Jesus, they would even go to the mountain. And I know many people still go to the mountain to pray. Isn't it? They want to be away. Okay? So you can go to the mountain. You can go to a closet. If you've got a closet where you can lock yourself and say, I want to spend time in the presence of God. I want to spend time in the presence of God and have time with the Lord. Amen. Exodus 33, 7 to 16, Amplified. His own tent and pitch it outside the camp. Okay. Uh-huh. Far off from the camp. Mm-hmm. And he called it the tent of meeting of God with his own people. Okay. Repeat that part and I'm going to ask the congregation a question. Mm-hmm. Um, now Moses. Now, now Moses used to take his own tent and pitch it outside the camp. Far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting of God with his own people. Okay. Now. Do you also take your tent far away from people and you call it the tent of meeting? If you want to experience his glory, it says Moses used to take his tent away from the camp, far from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. Amen. I told you God is everywhere. When I started, the omnipresence of God. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the manifested presence of God. So, he would take his tent and put it far away from the camp. He doesn't want disturbances. Okay? Say, I just want to spend time with God. So, tomorrow the, 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 the tent, Mr. Netanyahu, the tent will be pitched at Milnaten for the whole week. Amen. Away from all activities and say, I just want to come to the house of the Lord. I just want to be in his presence. Amen. Moses used to pitch his tent and put it there. Mm -hmm. And everyone who sought the Lord went out to that temporary tent of the meeting which was outside the camp. So everyone who wants to meet the Lord, everyone who sought the Lord had to go to the tent. Okay? So, if you are not hungry for God, if you're still playing church, if you're still just coming to church because you grew up in church, you haven't experienced, you haven't had an encounter with God. You will play church and you will keep on taking things lightly. You start getting used to the things of God. You will become like Uzzah. You remember when the Ark of the Covenant was coming back, the very Ark that I told you when they gone, when the Philistines realized this is actually trouble for us, must get it back to the Israelites themselves. So when they were getting it back and it was about to fall in the cart, 
And somebody called Uza tried to touch it and, and, and support it. He was struck down dead. And you say, but it doesn't make sense because he was helping. Only the priest could deal with the, te- the, the ark. And actually they also had to carry it with the stick. Okay? So, if you start getting used to the things of God, start having a sense it doesn't matter. Ah, it's just another thing. So I told you, your prayer should not be a ritual anymore. So everything we do for the Lord, whether it's worship team, you take it serious. That's a ministry unto the Lord. Whether it's time to pray, that's a ministry unto the Lord. Amen. Let's be serious with God. Continue. He's taking it out of the camp. When Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people rose and stood, every man at his tent door, and looked after Moses until he had gone into the tent. Okay. Now Moses got into the tent. He asked for the glory of God. Let's go to verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you, yet you said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you prog- progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. So he says, show me your what? Your way. Your way. Not your works. I want to know you. I want to know how you do things. I want to know you. Show me your way. So that I may become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly. That I may find favor in your sight. Mm -hmm. And Lord... Do consider that this nation is your people. Mm. And the Lord said, My presence shall go with you, and I'll give you rest. I want you to look at that. The Lord says, My presence shall go with you. So if God is everywhere present, why would he say, My presence shall go with you? It means this is about the manifested presence of God. This is about the glory of the Lord. So he says, My presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Okay, let me tell you this, children of God. In the presence of God, there is rest. Let not your hearts be troubled. When you spend more time in his presence, he will give you rest. You will just find all is well. They tell you about this thing, hey, you know that this and this happened, and this and this is going to happen to you, this and this, and you just feel all is well. That peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. Because of the presence of God. Where nothing else matters but his presence. So he says, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Mm-hmm. And Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. For by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Yes. Yes. 
Amen. So he says, if your presence does not go with us, we are not going anywhere. Can we be so much resolute about the presence of God? That I say, Father, I don't want to go anywhere without your presence. I don't want to do anything without you. I want to acknowledge you in everything that I do. May you reign supreme in my life. May you reign supreme in everything that I do. Amen. He says, if your presence does not go with us, how are we going to be different from the people of the world? And I told some of you that if the church loses the presence of God, the church becomes like a political party. And you will have factions in church. Hmm. You've got factions. This is the group of that one, the group of that one, and this and this. Because you've lost the glory. The presence is not there. But if the presence is there, we will be different from organizations of this world. People will see the glory of God. People will no longer have to keep on phoning in and saying, I was born on 16 April. Uh, what is coming for me? Oh, 16 April. Uh, you know something good is coming for you. You've heard those things, isn't it? Because people are hungry. They want to be told things. And surprisingly, I never hear anything saying, oh, 16th of April, ah, things are going to be difficult for you, you're going to die. I don't hear that, because the program would easily shut. So they only have to tell you things that you want to hear. Itching ears. Okay? People want to hear things. Okay? But can I tell you, that hunger to hear things, why don't you quench that hunger by hearing from God? Amen. That hunger to hear things, let it be God, let it be God's presence that fills us. Even Jesus himself, he wanted to spend time with God all the time. Let me take just two examples of Jesus going to pray. And then we're going to start winding down. I need just to see how we'll start winding down. Go to the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 12. And then we'll do Luke chapter 9 from verse 28. New King James Version, Luke 6, 12. I want to show you that even Jesus, even though he was God, he still believed he had to spend time in prayer. Now for us children of God, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Don't underestimate the time you spend with God. Actually, if you spend more time with God, you will think more like God. You will have God's perspective on things. Luke six twelve and New King James Version. Now, it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. It seems like he was also going to his tent, far away from the people, mm. pitching his tent away. He went into the mountain to pray. Mm-hmm. And continued all night in prayer to God. Yo, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Some of you think you pray because you have problems. You think Jesus had a lot of problems and then he was praying a lot. No. You pray because you want to spend time with your father. You want to fellowship with your father. And then we can talk about few problems here and there. That's fine. But the whole intention is to spend time with the Father. Now go to the book of Luke chapter 9. We'll read in the NIV. Luke chapter 9, 28 to 35. NIV. 
Luke 9, 28 to 35, NIV. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. Yo, this thing of Jesus going to a mountain to pray. And he said, Pastor, will you go to the mountain to pray? Maybe not for now. I would, I, I would design one, one, one place in my house to be the tent where I go. And then I can be away. Hmm. But if you don't have any other place, you can go to the mountain and pray. You are far away from anything else. Okay? So Jesus went up into the mountain to pray. He was going just to pray. Okay? So this is a serious thing. Okay. Yeah. As he was praying, mm-hmm. the appearance of his face changed. I like, I like this. <laughs> I want to show you. I told you when you are in the presence of God, the glory of the Lord will rub off on you. Now listen to this. As he was praying, read it, as he was praying, as he was praying, Mm -hmm. the appearance of his face changed. The appearance of his face changed. Uh Mm. And his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Do you see the glory now? Mm. As he was praying, the glory was manifested. It started being seen on his face shining and his clothes became bright in the presence. Uh Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor. You see, there it's put it nicely. They appeared in glorious splendor. That brightness, that shining glory, the Shekinah glory of God. Amen. Talking with Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Mm. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. Mm. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. Okay. I don't know why is this verse put like this. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. So even when the glory was there, they couldn't see it. But when they were fully awake... Did you hear that? Repeat that part. So, I'm telling you, this is not the kind of glory that you will see if you are half asleep. Amen. That's why I say sometimes you can pray in your bed and everywhere, but sometimes in your bed and you relax and after that, you don't even know if you said amen. Huh? That's not the glory. You won't see it that way. When you are half asleep, you won't see the glory. But when they were fully awake, they could see it. Repeat that part. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. Mm. But when they became fully awake, Amen. they saw his glory and mm. the two men standing with him. Amen. I want to see his glory. I want to diligently seek him. I want to watch and pray. You remember that's what Jesus said when they were feeling asleep, when he was about to be captured? He said, watch and pray. Be wide awake and pray. Be diligent in prayer. Seek me with your whole heart. Desire my presence. Mm -hmm. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, 
Master, mm, 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 mm. it is good for us to be here. Oh, look. Now, this is the thing that I was asking myself. I know I'm desiring this, okay? Yeah, it, it came. That fear came in my heart. I know I'm desiring this, this presence and the manifested presence and that. Then something said to me, but if his presence is so much among us, we may not feel like going. <laughs> and we still have jobs. We still have many other things to do. So, so it's like you are in that presence that you end up feeling like we just want to be here. We don't want to go anywhere. We just want to be here. But we still have other things to do, isn't it? So that's what I was asking myself. That Now if, if this manifested presence, this goodness of the Lord, this glory, we're experiencing it and you're in a particular place and you feel that's it. There, now you still need to go and do other things. Will you be able to attend to them? That's, that was just something that crossed my mind. But, but I'm not much bothered about that. So, so Peter said it's good to be here. We can as well dwell here. We can as well build three tabernacles here. We don't go anywhere. We are staying. We've tasted his glory. We've tasted his presence. We want to stay. Amen. And that's how many revivals started. If you remember the Azusa Street. When they did that and they started experiencing the presence of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. Now it ended up becoming like a movement and something started happening now. These people were so much now fully committed to this because they tasted the presence. So he said, it is good for us to be here. We can as well make a tabernacle. Three. One for you. One for Moses. One for Elijah. What about Peter and John? James. Okay, continue. First 34. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Hmm. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Did you see now the Lord manifesting himself? The Lord manifesting his glory. They went to the mountain to pray. They were going to seek God. Okay? They were not looking for things. They were looking for God. But God manifests his glory. God starts refreshing them. And they start experiencing him. In a mighty way. In such a fresh and personal personal way. I believe as I'm sharing this word. Some of you in your hearts. You are getting more hungry for God. You're feeling these areas of repentance. I need to change that. I need to change that. Some of you were very strong in prayer in days gone by. You've grown cold. The Lord is calling you back. Step up and experience his glory. May his presence may be all that matters in your life. Amen. Exodus 34. 28 to 35. We will not read it. I will just explain to you. We talked about it last week. It was also the same with Moses. When he was in the presence of God. 40 days and 40 nights. When he moved from the presence. When he went to the people. Aaron and the people started seeing. The face of Moses. Shining with glory. Okay? 
And when they saw that the face is shining with glory, then Moses covered his face with a veil. So the glory was manifested. It could be seen even in the face of Moses. So I'm saying if you have an encounter with God, you will never be the same. Tell your neighbor if you have an encounter with God, you will never be the same. The reason why sometimes you make the job of pastors very difficult, some of you, you haven't met God. So we expect some things from you. You don't have that. Okay? It's like you are flogging a dead horse. Okay? But if a person has a personal encounter with God, they know why they come to church. They know why they are praying. They know why they come to prayer meetings. They know why they are serving God. They know why they are giving in the church. Because they have had an encounter with God. You will never have an encounter with God and remain the same. So I want us to, as we descend, we're descending, we're going to land. Let's go to the book of First Samuel. Chapter 10. Verse 6, we'll do it in the NLT. Oh no, let's do it, yeah. NLT just for verse 6. And then we'll go to good news. Saul had also an opportunity to have an encounter with God. I'm not talking about the Saul who laid come Paul, even that one. You remember when he fell in the road to Damascus? He became a different man. Even Saul the king, after an encounter with God, he became a different man. Listen to this. 1 Samuel chapter 10 verse 6, NLT. At that time, the spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you'll prophesy with them. You will be changed into a different person. Did you get that? When the spirit of the Lord has come upon you, you are going to be changed into a different person. Can you ask your neighbor, have you had an encounter with God? Are you changed? Okay? Because some of you claim to have had an encounter with God, but you remained the same. No, you didn't. If you had an encounter with God, you were going to be different. You're going to be changed into a different person. If, if in the past you were a person who used to always gossip and criticize, now you are a person who speaks blessings. If you were a person who was always complaining, now you are a person who is always singing praises. Because you are changed into a different person. You are different now. Let's do it in the good news. First Samuel chapter 10 verse 6 to 7 and then we will do 9 to 11. Suddenly the spirit of the Lord will take control of you mm. and you will join in their religious dancing and mm. shouting and will become a different person. So I, I, I can just imagine seeing a different, different people among you guys. People that are touched by God. People that have had an encounter with God. I say, is this so and so? Is this the guy that we used to? And if say, it's a different person. Read it further, you will see. Somewhere they will say, is this not the soul that we know? Now he's a different person. When these things happen, do whatever God leads you to do. Yeah. That's the, the key. But go to verse 9 to 11. Because now, 
when it's happening, let's see what happens when it happening. When you become a different person, even people around you will notice it. They will notice a change. First Samuel 10, 9-11 to 11. Good news. When Saul turned to live somewhere, God gave Saul a new nature. Amen. I like a new nature. How many of you have, have been given a new nature? If you are a child of God, you have received that new nature. Before you had an encounter with God, you were a different person. Now you are changed into a different person. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Mm-hmm. And everything Samuel had told him happened that day. Mm. When Saul and his servant arrived at Geba, a group of prophets met him. Mm. Suddenly, the Spirit of God took control of him mm. and he joined in their ecstatic dancing and shouting. So, think of, of Saul now. He joined in their ecstatic dancing. singing and dancing because he's a different man now. He's different now. Things are different. People will say to you, but we know you to be a very shy person. Like people know that I don't talk much in the world. But in church I talk. I'm a different person here. Amen. This is my father's house. Amen. Uh People who had known him before Mm. saw him doing this and asked one another, Mm. what has happened to the son of Kish? Has Saul become a prophet? (laughs) Do you see what happens when you have an encounter with God? People who know you, they've gone to say, what has happened to Mr. MJ? Huh? What has happened? This guy is different now. And I believe that as the Lord is pouring out his spirit in these last days, our sons and our daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. And signs and wonders will be performed in the church of the living God. And God himself will show his glory. But people will say, what has happened to this person? Then they will be saying, what has happened now? What has happened with you? A different person. A different person. Because I've had an encounter with God. So that's why we're saying in this year, times of refreshing in his presence, that will make a big difference. As you spend time in his presence, his glory rubs off on you. And then you go out there and people say, what has happened? He's a changed man. Because he has had an encounter with God. And when you have had an encounter with God, may the glory of God be manifested also through you to people around you. May you start being that source of the river of life that flows into the desert. Wherever the river goes, let there be life. May God start using you more for his glory. But I want your hunger to be more for him than for him using you. But when you hunger more for him, automatically he will use you. When you, when you rub the, a piece of iron against a magnet, it will automatically become magnetic. So you will not have to fake a miracle. The Lord himself will manifest himself. Even in your own lives. When your child is sick, say, Come, I want to pray for you, my child. The Bible says, those who believe will lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. In the name of Jesus. 
lay hands on you and I declare that you are healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus. I rebuke every sickness, every infirmity, every pain. I command you to leave my child in Jesus name. And you see God starting using mere people. And people will say, is this not so? It's different. But God is desiring this as we conclude. James chapter 4. Because we can't get this if we are still playing church. We can't get this if we are not hungry for God. We can't get this if you still church, it's a burden. If you still think spending time in prayer is a burden. Let it be something to desire. Be like a psalmist saying, when will I go and meet with God? My soul is thirsting after you. Blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Message translation, James 4, 5 to 10. My soul longs after you. My soul thirsts for you. I want more of you. James 4, 5 to 10 in the message. And you suppose God doesn't care? Now, do you think God doesn't care? You know that some people sometimes say, God doesn't care, or God doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. It's, it's good enough for God. You know sometimes people just do things half-heartedly. It's good enough for God. Do you think God doesn't care? Uh-huh. The proverb has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. So God is a fiercely jealous lover. He does not want to be shared with anything. He wants to be number one in your life. He wants to be number one in my life. And let's give him his place. Mm-hmm. And what he gives in love is far better than any, anything else you'll find. Yes. It's common knowledge that God goes against the willful proud. Mm. God gives grace to the willing humble. Mm. So let God work his will in you. Yeah, let God work his will in you. Mm. As you spend time in his presence, may he work his will in you. Mm. May you start desiring God more than anything else. Mm. May you start being like a psalmist as the soul, as my soul, as the deer panteth for the water, my soul panteth after you. Mm -hmm. Yell aloud no to the devil. Yeah, so to the devil say no. no. And watch him scamper. Yes, the devil will flee when you say no to him. So in other words, don't entertain sin in your life. When we are talking about the presence of God, God's glory cannot be manifested in the presence of sin. Okay? The Bible says the hand of the Lord is not too short to save. Neither are his ears dull that he cannot hear. It is your sin that has made a wall between you and your God. So say no to sin. No to the devil. Mm -hmm. Say a quiet yes to God. Amen. Yes and you'll be the there Lord. in no time. Amen. Quit dabbling in sin. Yes, quit dabbling in sin. Uh -huh. Purify your inner life. Mm. Quit playing the field. Quit playing the field. So I told you, you can't afford to play church anymore. It's, those days are over. We are looking for his glory. We are looking for his presence. So it's going to be so much powerful in a way that if you still keep playing church, 
you will automatically be shoved out because you will not be able to hold the presence. Amen. The glory will be so much that the chaff will be blown off so that the glorious church can rise and stand. Mm-hmm. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. Hmm. The fun and games are over. Okay. So some of you have been having fun and playing games. That time is over. Mm-hmm. Get serious. Mm. Really serious. Mm. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Amen. Did you get that? God wants us to be serious with him. But like I said, the first encounter that we have to have with God, it's, it's your salvation. It's when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because we can say all these other things. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do the best you can. You will not be able to make it. We need God. Need that first personal encounter with God. And when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, from there on, keep on pitching your tent. Keep on seeking the Lord diligently. And his manifested presence will always be seen among us. Amen. So I'm going to give us time. We are going to pray. And thank God for the word that we've heard. You talk to him the way that you heard him minister to you. The way that he ministered to your heart. Areas where you need to repent and change. You also need to talk to him about that. And commitments that you need to make to him for 2020. There is some sacrifices that will have to be made. Last week we read in the book of Philippians where Paul says, the things that I used to value, I've now counted them as rubbish. For the sake of knowing the Lord. I want his presence. I want him. More of him and more of him. So you can stand up and thank God for the word that we've had. Let's pray for about three to five minutes. After that I'm going to make a call. I'm making a call. If you know that you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you know it in your heart. That I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to have that first encounter. So that all these other encounters about about the manifested presence will now step in after I have had a relationship with God. If you say that you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when we finish praying, I'll give you an opportunity. After that, we're also going to pray further. I'll tell you what to pray for. Because we just want his presence. Let us pray. Father, we thank you.